the little discomfort we go through to stand up for these babies is nothing compared to the the pain that those babies go through. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we want to highlight women and men in the pro-life movement who are on the streets doing great work defending and protecting pre-born children. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to learn more about the Pro-Life Guys podcast, you can find us on your podcast catcher or on YouTube or wherever it is that you listen to your favorite content. But for today, I have a wonderful guest on. Uh, Today's guest is Evangeline Abafi. She works for Created Equal in the United States. I think it's in Ohio, uh, Columbus, Ohio. I'm sure she'll uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Created Equal is one of my favorite pro-life organizations in the United States, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Evangeline, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I'm looking forward to learning more about you and your journey. So let's kick things off. Could you share with me just a little bit about yourself? Who is Evangeline? What makes your heart sing? What are the things that you just enjoy (laughs) doing and and really characterize who you are? Yeah, like, like you said, my name is Evangeline. I grew up in Northern Ohio and I work in Columbus, Ohio now. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to public school all my life. And I now live in Southern Ohio with my wonderful husband, Thomas, and I really enjoy cooking and playing tennis. We play tennis all throughout the summer, the only time when you really can because it's cold the rest of the time here. So, yeah. Nice. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, you work for Created Equal, as I mentioned, off the top of the program. That's probably why you moved to Columbus, I would imagine. Could you share with me a little bit about your journey into the pro-life movement and your journey to Created Equal? Yeah, I got involved when I was just 16 years old. That's when I went on my very first justice ride. Um, I was really passionate about you know, being anti-abortion in the high school. And I was having conversations with my school friends and I really wasn't persuasive yet. Creative goal were the, the people that actually taught me to have, you know, really good conversations and ask good questions. Um, so since then, um, that first justice ride, I have been on every outreach opportunity since then all the justice rides since 2016. I've done the internship with them, the gap year internship, and I've been full time with them for three years now. Um, so the thing that drew me back every single year was the community I had with them. Um, it was so special to be around people who actually cared about such an important issue. Then when I went home and I was at public school and all the kids there just cared about, you know, (laughs) what's happening in pop culture and other stuff like that. And I really had my heart set on, you know, serving God and doing whatever I can to save as many babies as possible and create equal uh, was where I found like-minded people. Nice. That's wonderful. I always love hearing the journeys of people, but especially you um, being in the public school, and I'm sure most people were against the worldview that you espoused, the mm-hmm. pro-life convictions that you had. And so I'm sure you had some interesting conversations there. Are there any conversations that you had at high school? I know when I was in high school, and maybe you could say this as well. I mean, it's hard to, this was way before I had experienced having lots of conversations and mm-hmm. I did it terribly, but Were there any experiences and and conversations that you had at high school about abortion? Yeah, there were quite a few. I remember a girl telling me that 
if she, you know, had sex, she could just get an abortion just like that. And I like, cause I didn't, you know, know how to respond very kindly. I was just on fire. I was just like, you can't do that. That's terrible. That's killing a baby. And maybe it went too far. It's like too excited or too passionate at the time. But a few years later, that girl uh, found out she got pregnant in high school and she ended up keeping her baby. And who knows what led her to that. But I know for a fact, she told me that if she ever got pregnant, she could just have an abortion. So that's one conversation I remember having that was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Praise God for that. Um, and, and hopefully it was, you know, some of the things that you said, even though you, when you look back on it now, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't say it quite as I wanted to say, <laughs> but maybe share with me a little bit. Cause this is a key point that we sometimes talk about on the podcast. And, and I know you at Created Equal talk about as well, that it's important to have effective conversations with good apologetics. So maybe tell me a little bit about some of the key things that you've learned at Created Equal uh, as it pertains to reaching out to the culture and having those conversations with people who are totally pro-abortion. Yeah, for sure. Some of the few things that I've picked up along the way is being precise with my my terms and my my words, asking good questions, and really like talking to the people like they're people, not just like an argument I need to wrestle with. Like there, this is a person I'm talking to. Um, this is a person made in the image of God. This is why I care about the, the preborn because they're made in the image of God. I should care about the person I'm talking to as well. Um, so kind of like the, like Stephanie Gray, she appeals to the heart rather than the head at a certain point in the conversation. When we hear people say really terrible things, like I wish I was aborted like that. Um, that's when we need to look at them and, you know, share the gospel with them, share them that they are valuable. Um, also having intentional prayer time, I think is extremely important, um, in outreach because I've noticed just how much more I'm per like, personally, I've been really concerned about what I'm doing and if I'm good enough to save a child or change someone's mind, that's not the right outlook at all. It's, you know, um, I I'm a tool and I could possibly use to do something great, but it's not me. It's, I have nothing to do with it. Really. I'm just being used to hopefully change a mind or save a life. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I like how you highlighted both both of those things. Number one, we we come with compassion. We you know we try to reach out and and understand the people that we're talking to, but also recognizing that the weight of changing the culture um, from pro abortion to pro life and the pressure is not on us. I mean, we need to be faithful. We need to have the best conversations that we can have and 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 go out to the culture but it's God that's changing minds. And, and that's a, that's a key point that is, it's important for all of us activists to remember. Mm -hmm. Now with Created Equal, you have done a lot of outreach. You've talked about the justice rides. I'm sure you've been involved in some way or another with the internships as well that you do and some of the other projects. Could you share with me some of the memorable moments that you've had? Perhaps it's stories, perhaps it's minds changed or lives saved or community that's been built or whatever it might be. Could you share with me some of the sort of memorable uh, experiences that you've had working for Created Equal. Yeah, I can think of countless stories of just crazy times where we like heard about protests and we just got in our vans and drove there and protested. I love those kinds of stories. I have stories of babies being saved, but I think of, you know, a story um, of a mind change I had 
where it didn't seem like this person was ever going to change their mind. I talked to them for like 40 minutes, maybe more. And it seemed like he just wouldn't change his mind. And this is back in 2017. And I remember looking at him and saying, I don't think you think this. I don't think you actually think that this is a woman's body, but he was just kind of stubborn in that way. And so I told him, please just go home and think about this, you know? And that was the end of the day. And I went home and, you know, hoping that he would change his mind, never thinking I'd hear anything from him again. But the very next week, my roommate at the time, who was also interning with me, she ran into a guy and he said, hey, I ran into Evangeline last week. And I didn't agree with her at first, but after I went home and thought about it, I changed my mind. And that was just crazy to me because it's not always that like instant mind change people have. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to go home, think about it, really dwell on what abortion is. And who knows if we like, maybe he didn't come out and talk to my friend that day and tell her that he changed his mind. Maybe we never heard from him again. So how many more people have we talked to and they've gone on to change their mind and we would never know. Yeah, that's key. That's so huge. And that's amazing. I love that story. <laughs> um, just how abortion really stuck with him. And yeah, you put that pebble in his shoe, um, but that image and the message stayed with him for a while. Now, Evangeline, you spend time in front of abortion clinics as well. And this is something that we as Canadians are not able to do because abortion clinics here, there's rules around them, bubble zones, and um, we could uh, get fines and, and go to jail for standing outside or standing too close to abortion mm -hmm. clinics. And so we don't really have the experiences that you guys have going on the sidewalks, reaching out to women and men, uh, mothers and fathers as they enter the abortion clinics. Do you have any sort of experiences um, in front of the clinics that you could share with us as well to give us a bit of a feel for what it's like to do that sort of ministry? Yeah, it's um, very like the environment is so um, dark, I would say, because what we're talking about is child sacrifice. Literally, the enemy loves it so much, and it's so dark and twisted, and um, it, it's a hard place to be at, um, to see women go in. All different types of families walk in, and you call out to them, and they won't even give you you know, a look in the eye, but you're just hoping that they are listening to what you're saying. Um, seeing you know, a mother take her daughter in by force is something you don't see every day. And it's just insane. I, I remember when I first heard about abortion, I just never really needed convinced that it was wrong, right? Like, it was just like, yeah, that's absolutely terrible. And to see it firsthand, I wish more Christians would come out there, even though it's horrible, but um, we need them out there. So it's, it's a terrible thing, um, but it's absolutely worth standing out there for hours in the cold or in the hot sun. Yeah, we, we do need more Christians out there. And that kind of gets to one of the questions I have for you. You became convicted about abortion and here you are involved with Created Equal. Um, but there are probably lots of people that I know there are a lot of people listening to this episode right now, but there are a lot of people who aren't involved. They, they know that abortion is wrong. They talk about abortion perhaps after church uh, on a Sunday morning over a coffee, um, mm -hmm. but they haven't really taken that step to having that conversation with someone at work or someone at school 
or having the conversation on a street corner or at a high school or, or a local university or gotten involved with your organization Created Equal or the one I work for in Canada, the Canadian mm-hmm. Centre for Bioethical Reform or some other ones as well. And so what encouragement would you have? What sort of uh, message would you have for people who are thinking about getting involved, not sure about get, getting involved, perhaps sort of anxious about the work because it is challenging and it is difficult facing a culture that doesn't mm-hmm. like what we're doing what sort of words of encouragement would you have for someone like that? Yeah, I would say you're not the first person to feel that way. I know I definitely felt that way when I first got involved. It's intimidating to go out, you know, and do something that's against, you know, what everyone else is doing. It's not a fun thing, and I don't think it's supposed to be. Um, but the little discomfort we go through to stand up for these babies is nothing compared to the, the pain that those babies go through every single day. Um, so thinking about that and thinking about how blessed I am in my life and if I'm willing to give up, you know, a day or a couple of hours outside the abortion facility or talking to someone in a conversation, um, that I find that very convicting and encouraging that, um, like listening to other people on podcasts like this or, um, on social media that you're not alone, Um, that's why we have this new podcast coming out called the debrief where we talk about outreach afterwards and what it's like. So getting involved with organizations like CCBR and create equal and other ones like that can really give you the motivation and the encouragement to stand up. Cause that's one of the big things is knowing that you're not alone. Cause that, and that's what's so great about create equal is the accountability because if I was home alone doing this, I don't know if I'd go out every single day because it's it's scary. It's hard. And it's the thing I should be doing. But having the people around me is that accountability to have me keep fighting for the babies. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I do have another question because yeah. you brought it up. You talked about the debrief, mm-hmm. um, which is a new podcast you're talking about. So I haven't heard of this before. So share with us a little bit about what the debrief is, when we can expect it, and maybe just share... Um, where we can get involved with Creative Equal as well. But but talk about The Debrief. Yeah, The Debrief is a brand new podcast that dropped, I think it was yesterday, actually. And it's a podcast where we um, go, well, they go out to do outreach, whether it's a high school or college campus or abortion facility uh, outreach. And as soon as they get done, they sit down, turn the mics on and talk. And this is something that we do at Create Equal all the time. We are constantly, you know, bringing up, oh, someone said this and someone said that. How do you respond to this? And pretty much that is what we do, but recorded. And so people can really get an insight of what it outreach actually is. So our very first episode dropped the other day, and it was a girl who's never done outreach with us before. She was a summer intern this past year. And um, yeah, it's it's really cool to listen to these stories and just the crazy experiences they have and the amazing mind changes they have. Um, and you can hear that um, at debriefwithus.com and you can go to createequal.org to learn more about us and all the events that we have throughout the year, like the justice ride, the day of action and our summer internship. Wonderful. I'm going to check that podcast out as soon as we're done recording. One of the things I failed to mention, uh, Evangeline, please forgive me, is your role as program coordinator. So final question here, unless you say something that really sparks another question. Uh, but share with me what your role is uh, at Created Equal. 
Yeah, my role at Create Equal is program coordinator. And you had Ian on the show a few months ago, and he's actually my um, supervisor. So I help him a lot with planning events and making sure everything goes smoothly. And we also um, plan events or plan outreaches for our staff. So we actually have um, a team out at high school right now um, because every um, Thursday we have a high school schedule now that school's back in session. So I help um, organize the schedule and put events together like that. Wonderful. Evangeline, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thank you. That is Evangeline Abafi of Created Equal in Columbus, Ohio. If you want to get involved with Created Equal, check their website out, createdequal.org. Check out the podcast debrief as well. I'll put the links in the show notes so that you don't have to memorize it. You can just hit the show notes, click the link, and there you go. As I wrap this up one more time, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to financially partner with the Pro-Life Guys podcast to help us produce better content, to help us reach more people, to market our, our, our content to more and more people across the world, please do consider doing so at patreon.com slash prolifeguys. That's patreon.com slash prolifeguys. There are some cool perks like this shirt here, change minds, save lives, transform culture, phenomenal conversation starter. Do check it out. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, I just I just showed my shirt on YouTube. But if you go to prolifeguys.com slash shop, you'll be able to see the very shirt that I'm wearing. So go check it out along with some other merch items as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you tune in again next time. And before I go, if you want to learn more about good pro-life apologetics, if you want to learn more about what's happening in the abortion war, don't forget to subscribe to the Pro-Life Guys podcast wherever you listen or wherever you watch to stay in touch with what's going on and to, to, to train yourself with the best apologetics that we know of at this point. So thank you so much. Take care, everyone, and God bless you all.